At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings as we kick off this hour talking about the NFL, games that happened yesterday and over the weekend, tying them in to the numbers that we have for the divisional round. And here is a little bit of breaking news early on a Tuesday morning. Uh, for those of you who stuck around and watched the finish to the Eagles-Buccaneers game last night, you saw how emotional it was for longtime Eagles Pro Bowl and probably future Hall of Fame center Jason Kelsey. He had tears in his eyes. This from Adam Schefter moments ago. He told his teammates Monday night in the locker room that he is, in fact, retiring. He has considered retiring after other recent seasons, but this time is said to be real and it's happening. We talked about this in the first hour of the show. Another key cog in that offensive line, Lane Johnson, very, very good at his craft. He called it very embarrassing last night and uh, he doesn't know. He also added, I don't know what's going to happen, but we are talking about severe changes. He told that to Howard Eskin after the loss last night. So that's the beginning of of who knows how many other players, because again, as they were uh, getting blown out, ESPN made it a point to go around and show individual Eagles players like Brandon Graham, like Fletcher Cox, like Kelsey and others, how long they've been in the league. Then you saw Darius Slay go down with, uh, that looked wicked yeah, I know. last night Another one, yeah. with how he got hurt. And they're like, uh, we don't know. Like Guys are going to be in their final year of the contract. They might have decisions to make. This is the first domino to go down for the Eagles. Yep. This is just wild how you could see uh, just a ton of changes and maybe even some firings with a team that was up 10 in the Super Bowl a year ago. And now could they clean house? Oh, and they started 10-1. and one. So again, the, the timing of that piece yesterday on ESPN.com of all the issues and what's gone wrong. You know, did he, did he lose the locker room? What if they said no, but uh, the A.J. Brown stuff and, and would see if they come out and the major changes and what happens. First things first, they got to get... Uh, and that's the other one. How about a little win-one for the Gipper? How about a little? Let's go out and try to put Kelsey on a send him off on a high note, right? I mean, how they could couldn't have gone any worse for Philadelphia? Both sides of the ball. Yeah, they're just not you good enough to do that. Yourself. I mean, yeah, you embarrassed yourself though. I mean, it was the worst example or, or tackling you're ever going to see. The scheme stinks. You're running into you're, two guys run into each other on the more touchdown. The angles you took are trying to make said tackles were awful. You score nine points. You had one big pass to Smith. That was it. Sirianni's taking points off the board, although I can't kill him for what happened. But it's just to get blown out 32 to nine. Yeah. Oh, boy. But that's, you're right. There could be, I think everything's in play here with Howie Roseman and what they do in the offseason. Yeah. To think about going back to last year and how, like, overall, top to bottom, how strong their roster looked. Yeah. And it was absolutely right there with the 49ers, maybe even a little bit better. You thought the same thing coming into this year. Off the Super Bowl loss, they gave it away. They were up double digits, as you said, to begin the year like they did. I, I mean, a lot more wins than, than they probably should have had when they were 11 games into the season. 
and then we saw kind of the true colors. Again, if you, it depends on how you grade the game against the Bills at home that they were very fortunate to come back and win because that was three and a half for a lot of the week. It closed either three or two and a half. But it, some people had three and a half. So yeah. they really have not covered a game since the KC game. And that was back in November. That's two months ago. It's the last time they covered a game. Yeah. Um, the examples just kept getting worse and worse down the stretch. The Giants game on Christmas Day in the second half when Tyrod Taylor came in, you've said it before. It needs to be pointed out again. If Taylor starts that game, Eagles probably lose that. The, the game then in week 18, think about what's on the line. You can still win the division and get the two seed. And the cow, I mean, are you scoreboard watching? Sure. If you were, you knew the Cowboys were at the beginning of that game against the Commanders in a fight, and they were absolutely not blowing out the Commanders until later on in that game. And you were dead and buried as soon as that game started. Again, Every time I looked up, oh, there's another giant score. Or they're in the red zone yet again. Oh, there's another turnover. Aikman nailed it. The body language about how they looked like they didn't want to be there. I thought it was spot on. The one that got me was losing to Arizona at home. There were two touchdowns in that game. Oh, they get, a, they, they they get gave, a pick six. You can't stop Arizona. They gave up 450 yeah, yards terrible. of offense in that game. Last night, they allowed 157 yards after contact. I mean, yeah. feel free to wrap somebody up, for God's sakes. On those big just, plays again. Oh. Paul, you are, you are demoted to the third string in college for making plays like that defensively. Or you are cut from your high school team. That's how ugly it was last night. Yeah, and well. when, you, when you have players now retiring, others player, players calling it absolutely embarrassing on the team. That'll, that'll wrap it. I mean, that's us. That's what we do. That's what you know, mainstream media does. Well, this is the other thing you don't know, and it's hard to handicap. How much did a coordinator mean to a team? And then does the head coach get exposed? That's what happened this year with Sirianni. You know, in years past, we also had the same organization. Well, you know, Peterson won the Super Bowl, but a lot of it was Frank Reich. Okay, Frank Reich, please. But, but that people thought that was the case, too. But here, it's you lose Gannon and Steichen, and oh, boy. Right, they did start 10-1, and one, but it was smoke and mirrors. So it was like the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like, how are they winning games? And yeah. then just th- this run was just hideous down the stretch. They took, and by the way, they took money yesterday. Yeah. Like, right, I mean, it was bumped up from two and a half to three. And at least in, on the East Coast, we talked to Thomas Gable from Borgata, and he had a great line, right? He thought it was funny that the same people in Philadelphia, that area, who are calling for Sirianni's head, we're lining up left and right to bet him and lay whatever number was on the board. Well, here's another example of people bet what they want to see, though. What I, I'm betting what I want to happen and root for, and that's my home team to, to win and cover. And that's so now, what that was. Yeah, now we have to turn around after what we saw last night with the Buccaneers. Again, Baker Mayfield did not look injured for one second of that game last night. All this, you know, where's he at, 60%, 70% nonsense, that was out the window as soon as that game started. You knew that he was going to be fine. I love this game. Love it. Against the Lions? Well, I, I, not, not, I like the points, right? I want to take the six. But I, I love it just that you have, it's the redemption tour. I mean, it's Mayfield against Goff. And it, again, it's, this guy was awful going back. Browns, get out of here. You can't play anymore. They, they set him up to fail in the uh, game at Lambeau. And he, you know, it's on himself too. But remember the, the game on Christmas yeah. when he kept throwing interceptions and they're gashing him on the ground. He goes to the Panthers. It doesn't work out. He goes to the Rams. And it's like, okay, well, Tampa will pick him up. And it's like, are they, gonna, are they serious? Are they going to start Baker Mayfield? You mentioned the win total. I mean, they were 225 to 1 here at Circa to win the Super Bowl. And then it's the Lions finally win a playoff game, first time since 91. 
And then it's, can Goff do this and can Detroit get to the NFC title game? And can Dan Campbell pull this off? So yeah, how about that? To, to think, to think, and I know they were the team to beat in that division, but to think that whoever wins this game is going to be in the NFC title game, that's nuts. Yeah, exactly that's, what that's I was awesome. going to say. But, but the other thing is... How about Tampa hosting Green Bay? Oh, no. Don't go. Oh, no. Bay of Pigs. Pete Axtell. You couldn't stop Nick Mullins twice. I, I'm still very concerned about this Detroit defense. Oh, you have to be. And I, I completely throw out the, the meeting in week six when it was 20 to six. It's a long time ago. Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards a couple times. You saw what Stafford did. They had the issues in the red zone. You, you couldn't stop the Bears in both meetings. I mean, yeah. to your point... What did the first matchup between Tampa and Philly in Tampa, by the way, mean last night? Absolutely. Here's what you do. Oh, good point. Yeah. Throw right in the garbage. Sure. It meant absolutely. absolutely nothing. Couldn't move the ball. Tampa could not move the ball in that oh, game. Right, right. And that's when the Eagles toyed with them and had a 10-minute drive to run the clock out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Meant nothing. Just like week one, Baltimore and Houston. Actually, looking back now, that may have been Philly's best performance of the entire year. On both sides, yeah. Week three, Monday night against Probably. Tampa. Probably, yes. They didn't have many. Yep. But it's, you know, it's a funny game. It's a funny sport. Everyone knows the final score after the game's been played. Yeah. I mean, two weeks ago, I, I had Tampa. I mean, it, it did nothing against the Saints. They treated it like an exhibition game. I mean, it could have wrapped up the division, and they looked horrible. They yeah. were down three scores in that game. I, I will say, like, every game is a snowflake, right? It takes on a different life. Um, when you want to compare the teams that they played down the stretch, yeah, they didn't do anything against the Saints. Saints overall have a pretty good defense. They didn't do anything against Carolina. Well, right, right. Mayfield was hurt, and Carolina's defense is actually pretty decent. Who did they do something against and uh, put up good? Green Bay, bad defense. Philadelphia, maybe the worst defense in football. Mm-hmm. So they have that. And by the way, I would say Detroit's in the category of the latter two teams rather than the former. Philadelphia will have to clean house defensively. I'm talking coaches, personnel, everything. Because uh, to me, it is the worst defense in the league. Yep. And, and I, I, to me, I have to, take, I have to take the Chiefs. Are you going to wait, though? I'm with humans, yeah. But this, the last five meetings all have been in Kansas City. Buffalo has had success regular season. They lose the epic game in overtime in the playoffs with the you know, squib kick. If you squib it, you win, 42-36. Uh, and then they lost in the AFC title game 38-24. to But I, I'm with you, just with the injuries and... Kansas City's got that extra rest, which is big. Not only do I have to play Monday, I got guys, guys are going down every other play here. Yeah. And I'm still concerned about the play calling. And it's just, do you realize the weapon you have in Allen? He needs 15 carries a game. I was so disappointed in that yesterday because it cost me, uh, you know. And I'm not even counting tush push. It doesn't count. No. I want design runs. How many were How good he is. And that, there's a lot like Tampa. You know, run the ball. Right. Especially early on. Early yeah. on. Cook is having success on the ground. Put him in third and manageable, second and short. Stop being pass happy. Did we have two design runs for Allen yesterday? Seems about right. Maybe two. It could have been three, I guess. That was pretty much it, though. Yeah, that one, uh, that one hurt. But Mahomes, again, as a dog, only 10 times in his career. Mm-hmm. Eight, one and one ATS, seven and three straight up. Yeah, but it's finally happening, though. He's finally playing a road playoff game. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it took this long. So I guess you could say it was Miami and all the injuries. whoop de doo but they look good, and Rice was fantastic in the win. But I, th- if, I, thought it, the, I thought the Chiefs' offense in those cold conditions, I thought the Chiefs' yeah. offense popped like I think that yeah. was one of their better performances as of late. And Kelsey involved early on, and, and Pacheco is, uh, is a problem too. I would think Pacheco is going to be a big factor in this game coming up on Sunday. But you see with Buffalo, I mean, they have weapons, man. You get good to see Knox back in there, Kincaid, 
Diggs. Now you should get Davis back. I will say this though: the Chiefs' defense has been pretty damn good oh, no the doubt. entire year. Seventeen a game. One bad, one bad play against Miami. That was it. All right. Uh, they are primed for the picking tonight. Expect some serious case chaos if it's anything like last week. I'll explain next here on Veasan. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. For more VEASAN Pro picks, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Use promo code FTM and follow the money. We'll give you 10% off an annual subscription. Use promo code FTM. I will point out that the last week in college basketball has been bedlam. All of these ranked teams going down to unranked teams. I will say that just because it happened over the last like 7 to 10 days, we have a lot of examples tonight of that. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I will point out some of those games that we have on the board. We talked about this briefly with Matt Humans earlier in the show. Purdue is laying nine and a half or 10 against Indiana on the road. Purdue has a top five offense, Paulie. They're right around top 20 on defense. They would qualify based on Ken Palm ratings over the years as a true national title contender. Now, they were seven and a half at Nebraska last week, and they lost. They were minus five at Northwestern December 1st. They lost that game. They're only two and four ATS in the Big Ten. Hoosiers are four and two in conference play ATS. Mike Woodson is the only coach <clears throat> since 2012 to have three wins against Purdue. And if he wins tonight outright, he would be four and one in that time. He's talked about the difference with this Purdue team, though, compared to previous years. Is there a three-point shooting? And he's spot on. They're shooting almost 40% as a team from three, which is great. And in previous years, it's been very low 30s. And they have multiple guys that can kill you from three. And this team offensively has been awesome all year long. Well, I've been saying this for 15 years, and it's true again this year. You cover up the name on the jersey, and you can't tell you know, who the two seed is and who the 15 seed is. Yeah, for the most part. And we saw the madness again. Uh, this past year with what happened with Florida Atlantic and San Diego State getting to the title game. This thing's wide open. And again, uh, you know, I'll raise my hand, salivating to bet against Purdue and Tennessee once we get to the tournament. Yeah, so, at some point in the tournament, right. Yeah, but you just saw all the upsets and who's good and who's who, who can make a deep run in March and who can put together. A, how many teams are capable of bringing an A or B B plus game five games in a row, four games in a row? That's, right. Let's start there. But uh, I'm with you and Matt with the points in this one and uh, can't get there with Purdue. And there's so many examples yeah. tonight where you just, you look at like the New Mexico game, you look at Kansas state where you either have a, a ranked team laying a short number or the ranked opponent is playing an unranked team and the unranked team is favored. Yeah. Baylor opened up two against Kansas state. Bart Torvik has this a one point game in, in terms of uh, Baylor winning the game. They're down to either a pick them or a one point favorite. Now, they're top five or six on offense on the year. They shoot the ball from downtown extremely well, but they're outside of the top 50 on defense. K-State is top 30 on defense, but outside the top 100 on offense. Recent Baylor games. They were lane four at Oklahoma State. Had to survive. They won and covered in overtime. They were four and a half at home to BYU. They won and covered. They were six and a half at home to Cincinnati. They won, did not cover. K-State is 3-0 and ATS in Big 12 play. Baylor is 3-0 and under in league play, and uh, I agree with the move. I like K-State on the opening line last night, catching two, and again, down to either yep. one here or a pick them in this spot. Joel Lenardi has Baylor a four seed in the latest bracketology. 
two teams that I have a strongest position on to win the whole thing on futures tickets. Baylor, before the season started. Uh-huh. And I am... Number? Uh, 50 to 1. All right. And I am super high on Kentucky at uh, numbers ranging between 16 and 27 to 1. I like Texas A&M on Saturday in that game against Kentucky. They won in overtime. They covered the game. They were bet from a pick to 3. My problem with Kentucky at this point is it happens every single game. They are not going to have the defensive numbers come tournament time to be you know, thought of. If you go based on the last 20 years plus with Ken Palm numbers, their defensive metrics are just going to be too lousy. So I'm starting, I don't think they can turn it around. I don't think they have, unless they completely flip the script here and go back to who they've been under Calipari throughout the years. And this team is not, does not have that makeup because he's embraced the analytics and the three-point shooting. Um, I don't think they're going to get there defensively. So they can outscore almost anybody, but defensively they can't get, and teams shoot like over to the moon against this team somehow every time they play them. Dayton's laying a big number against St. Louis. Joel Lenardi has them a six seed. He's got Tennessee a two seed. Oklahoma's in action tonight. Uh, They're a five seed. And uh, Iowa State, BYU, good one. Iowa State's a seven seed. He's got BYU a five seed. BYU after the hot start, a couple losses here. And I was talking to our guy Joe Mizell uh, Saturday. You ever? Th- I mean, it's just weird to just look and see BYU Central Florida is a Big Twelve conference oh, game. Oh, it's so strange. I mean, you just you get lost in some of the stuff with the realignment. But that's yep. uh, that's another one tonight. Yeah, um, now Kansas, they were yep. just laying seven at Central Florida. Yeah, they lost the game outright. This game opened up seven against Oklahoma State, bet down to six and a half. I will say that per some of the metrics, UCF is about a thirty. They have their rank, their power rating is about thirty spots higher than Oklahoma State. I forgot that BYU's laying four and a half, by the way, as well. So yeah. he, so Matt likes New Mexico. I like New Mexico. And this is, a, uh, I think, where the sports books and the line is telling you something. Again, Utah State is ranked 16th. They only have one loss. Yeah. And I know it's been an easy schedule. Joel Lenardi has them in bracketology a seven seed. Matt referenced, was it on air or off air? He referenced the UNLV game. Did you see what happened in that game? They were down five, I think, with ten he, seconds. Yeah, he brought that up in the air. He did that. Okay. Yeah. They, hit, they hit a three. There was a foul away yeah. from the ball. It was it was nuts. Oh, they were totally dead. Oh yeah, like they, were, they got a five point play to win the game. I've never seen that before. So that and now it's New Mexico. Matt nailed it beautifully. Completely different team at home, and it's always been a tough place to play with the pit. And I love this example with New Mexico, New Mexico State, but they haven't lost at home. They only have three losses. They're the good teams, but they're all. Uh, on the road, and here you see the line five and a half, six. It just tells you unranked against ranked, but unranked is laying this. This is really nuts, though, to see a spread this high. Oh yeah, when yeah. it's on against a top fifteen team, mind you. Sure, top twenty team. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great schedule tonight. It really is. I'll give you uh, another example here. The well, actually, before I get to the Wisconsin game, can you guys throw that tweet back up about the Big Twelve? Now, the Big 12 has been the best oh, conference so college good. basketball for oh, quite a while. Oh, it's ridiculous. Fran Fraschella had this. Think about this for a second. According to their CPI, all 14 Big 12 teams are among the top 16 remaining SOS left. Every night in the, is a tournament game is what he talked about. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of the top 16 <laughs> remaining yeah. strength of schedules, 14 are in the Big 12. No. Yeah. What? This, yeah, it does get enough attention because everyone's focused on football with conference realignment. Yeah, yeah. But then you think, hey, guys, Houston, it's been a great program. Yeah. Now they come in. How about Arizona next year? Oh, God. What is Jed Fish doing? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
but that yeah right but that's actually good point that is oh man i never <laughs> thought of that so how many losses are these teams going to have then but then do you knock them because they're playing a gauntlet every single night no you can't that's where even if you're four games under 500 in conference play i don't care Oh, and you might have your resume is going to be so strong, and your SOS is going to be through the roof. And you're going to have a six, seven, eight loss team, mm-hmm. maybe in the mix for a one or a two seed overall, yeah. potentially because it's so strong. Now, this is what I cannot believe: the flip and the change that we're seeing with this with this specific Wisconsin team this year, where it's always been, you know, terrible offense, with the exception of the Kaminsky-Decker years, and uh, really, really good defense. They are top ten in the country on offense. That I did not see coming. Wow. Big 10 road games for Wisconsin because they they open up seven tonight against Penn State. Nittany Lions are taking some money. Wisconsin was plus five at Michigan State. They won outright by 13. They were plus three at Ohio State. They won outright by 11. They are 5-0 and ATS in Big 10 play. Penn State 5-1 and to the over in Big 10 play. Total also down from 147 to 146. And uh, more money, in fact, because Wisconsin's down to five and a half. I can't bet against this team right now. They're in too good a shape. Mm. Even though they're on the road tonight, they could easily lose this one outright. But I can't believe what I'm watching with the turnaround here from Greg Gard. For one individual year anyway, it's been really fun. And uh, they're good. They have multiple guys who can score like maybe 20 points per game. And that's big in college basketball. Well, it's also refreshing. I mean, I, I just, you, you went from Bennett and Bo Ryan Wisconsin shouldn't have been the slow, plodding, walk it up, play in the 50s. Ever. Shouldn't have been the case. You, know, you get some athletes, recruit. The Kaminsky thing was great. And, and let's play some fun basketball here and not watch paint dry. Yeah. That's how it should be. Oh, it was excruciating for a long, long time. So I'm like Matt. He came on earlier. I found the best number I could find on North Carolina. They, they blew out Syracuse. They're playing some good basketball. The best number I could find on North Carolina was 24 to 1. I added a little, a little bit of them to win the whole thing. So, Baylor, Kentucky, North Carolina, and I have some of these fringe teams that could get in as like, you know, a 9, 10, or an 11 seed that were super high numbers to begin the year, maybe do some hedging come tournament time. But that's pretty much where I'm sitting at right now. Um, Good schedule tonight. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow we're coming in. It happened again. College basketball. We had seven more upsets. All these teams went down. But you're right, Paul. There are so many teams probably like in the top 15 or 20 you can't be surprised on any given night when they lose. So that's what the sport has turned into. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As always, you can get in touch with the show. Uh, we're on X at VSIN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard. Email is open. It's FTM at VSIN.com. Matt St. Marie is going to join the show up next. He was the sole winner of the Circa Millions contest here. Wait until you hear his story. It's a doozy coming up next here on VEASAN. Get on board. I love Omaha steaks. Mitch does as well. You'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You'll love every bite. It's their Omaha steaks guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com slash VEASAN. omahasteaks.com slash VEASAN. You get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breast and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Get it now, omahasteaks.com. This is a great story. You know, Paulie, we talk about the contests every week out here throughout the football, the regular season anyway, of the NFL year. 
and picking five games a week in the NFL is not easy. You had a cabana out here at Circa uh, this past weekend. I'm talking to multiple guys out there, longtime betters. They're like five a week. I might like one NFL game a week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How do I come up with five? Especially with the bye when the bye weeks kick in. No, this yep. guy won the whole thing. He's got an incredible story. His name is Matt St. Marie, and uh, he won Circa Millions. <laughs> All by himself. Amazing job, Matt. And uh, thanks for coming on today. Congratulations on, on your success. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a crazy 10, 10 or 11 days here. So thanks for having me this morning. Here, here, let's begin here. You went to the same college as Paul Howard? St. <laughs> Cloud State. Yes. Yep. Huskies. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, You're a good man. You're a good man. Great taste. <laughs> Were you guys close in years? Uh, I think just a couple. I was uh, 2003. I started there. Yeah, okay. I graduated I think, uh, in 2000. We have to put this photo up. This, yes. Pa- Paulie is super proud of this photo. He's called. He's referred to himself as the <laughs> hot goalie for many, many years. All area, all conference. Oh, yeah. You yeah. recognize that mugshot? <laughs> that is one fantastic photo. That is like <laughs> 90s goalie Minnesota hockey in its glory right there. Yeah, all your, encompassing. You nailed it, buddy. That's hockey hair. That is Minnesota yep. hockey hair right yeah. there, baby. You got to have a salad. <laughs> That's right. Look at that. Okay, so uh, let's get into uh, the contest that you took down out here, winning a million dollars all on your own. Do you have, like, past success playing in contests, and this year it really took off for you, or what's your background in contests overall? Yeah, so this was first year for me entering the Circa Millions contest. I had done a couple offshore contests the prior wow. years just to kind of test the waters a little bit, you know, at like a lot a lot lower stakes. Um, and I fared okay in those, nothing special or anything like that. But, um, you know, last year around this time, I told my wife I wanted to bet on myself. Um, I wanted to register for Millions. Uh, flew out in July, late July, to enter Millions in Survivor um, and just give it a whirl and, and see how I do. And um, yeah, had a great, phenomenal year. Uh, a lot, lot of lucky bounces along the way. Um, super fun, stressful, anxiety, all of it. But as far as uh, yeah, past track record, I don't have any. <laughs> this was uh, the first time entering and I had a great year. That's that is. How many entries did you have? I just had one solo entry. Um, didn't want to go too big, <laughs> too soon, uh, in the contest considering the stakes and at large at play here. So, uh, just just one entry. That is unbelievable man good for you were you having like success right out of the gates and you knew like uh this is pretty cool like i might have a chance here to be in the mix at the end uh so i started off four and one week one and then quickly went two and three so i'm like all right that's like about 60 percent um but then i just continued to be consistent like i had a bunch of three and twos and four and ones i think towards uh mid october i had like a five and oh four and one back to back and then i put myself in the top 10 for the first time, like as early as that. Um, but it was basically pretty consistent all year up until week 17 when I went one and four. And I really lucked out there because I think everybody in the top 10 or top 20 also went one and four, maybe two and three at the best. So I like lost no ground mm. at that week. But it was a really, really consistent year. I, I got four or five and O's along the way. So that really bolstered me up. So I could absorb that one and four in week, week 17. Um, but no, I had, you know, I had a really, really fortunate run there uh, with a lot of consistency. What was your strategy in terms of what, what, what was working for you while you were so hot picking games? Oh, boy. Um, I'm not sure if there's one specific part of my strategy. I, I looked at every matchup holistically um, as much as I could, whether it was power ratings, mm-hmm. 
weather, injury related stuff, advanced metrics like DVOA, EPA stuff. Um, and then I also just waited as long as I could on Saturday to post it. It was a little difficult because I, I coached my five-year-olds in hockey on Saturday. So I'd be hopefully practice was at 8 a.m. So I could get back before like two o'clock deadline for pickums. But um, but no, as far as strategy, I just tried to look at every single matchup. I basically crossed off Thursday games, you know, just because there's so much news that comes out on Friday regarding injuries or market movements and that stuff. Um, and then as far as like closing line value stuff, sometimes I'd take it. Sometimes I'd just want to fade it all together, uh, depending on what the game looked like and how confident I felt in it. Um, so there's a little bit of game theory that went into that, but I didn't really have like a, a tried and true method or strategy when it came down to the, the games I picked. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Matt St. Marie, he was the sole winner of the Circa Millions contest out here where we broadcast from every single day. Took it down. I can't, I mean, it's amazing. First year ever in the contest, and he only had one entry. So, I mean, think about how uh, incredible that is. How many weeks would you have to really like go from eight games to five, and you have to leave like two or three games on the cutting room floor compared to weeks where it's like, oh man, this is pretty. Thin pickings here. I can only I only like three games, but I got to come up with two more. <laughs> uh, I'd say much more of the I like three, and I need to find two more aspect of it. Man, I couldn't tell you. There's there's not many weeks where you find more than five that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say actually week 18. I actually had hard, I had a harder time down selecting. I actually liked like eight games in week 18. Um, and so <laughs> there's a chance that when I look at my the short card I had on week 18. I almost could have overlapped identically with uh, Ryan, except for uh, uh, him and I were always on opposite sides of Buffalo and Miami. But for the most part, I looked at his selections and I was like, man, I, I could have almost boxed him out from uh, from contest selection, um, you know, the, the games I selected that week. Sure. But yeah, much more hard to find the find five. So you brought up closing line value a little earlier and like overall strategy. There's one game that comes to mind. It was late in the season. It was Jacksonville against Carolina. And that number during the week was six and a half. And that was a contest number. Well, come kickoff time. And I think when you had to post for the contest, it was either three and a half or four. W- what did you do with a game like that? It's funny that week. I, I liked it more when, um, who was it? Who started, who ended up starting? Was it, uh, Trevor or Behard that game? I can't remember. I think, um, but anyway, there was a, that was um, week 17. I want to say. Bethard. Bethard. Yeah. yeah. Bethard. Yeah. 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 Beth- yeah. Bethard. I actually liked it more when Trevor Lawrence was like, questionable to play um when i saw uh bethard starting i remember like man i actually don't like this game as much anymore um but I, like when it was six and a half i liked it when it moved down to three and a half i was there's closing line value there it was late in the season too so i had a i think i had a two game lead at that point or one and a half so that that was almost like at that point like i, I need to take it as far as like boxing out my my competition um and then i i kind of liked it but then when i heard the the bethard news i, I almost down, I, I liked it less at that point. Um, but there was like instances where I think closing line value, the later it went into the season, it became more valuable, especially as the leader. Whereas I think if you're, you know, down below the, um, if you're trying to catch up or try to get into the cash, you probably want to go contrarian or, or, mm-hmm. or look for a different spot. It doesn't hurt when you're uh, four and or five and oh, four different weeks. As you said, that way you can afford one week to go one and four and still be in the mix to win that thing at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I really for, got fortunate with those, uh, that stretch, I think between Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve, I went 22 and three, oh. which was like the hottest streak I had all year. So if the quarterly, you know, lined up differently, I kind of probably took one down. 
Um, but that was probably the hottest streak I had all season and put me in a, a great spot to, yeah. to win the competition. I mean, think about that. Any stretch of 22 and three yeah. is just crazy what good. A story. What did you do with the, uh, the final game of the regular season, the Bills and Dolphins at Sunday night game? I, I took the Bills with uh, laying the points three. Um, there was too many injuries on Miami side uh, going into that game. Plus with the, the last game of the contest allowed a great hedging opportunity yep. if it allowed itself and it did. So, uh, you know, I took a little bit of a hedge there um, with Miami, but um, overall, I mean, going into it, I, I liked Miami from when I saw the, the lines on Monday morning or Tuesday morning that week opener, like uh, I, I immediately gravitated towards that with, uh, with that spot with the Miami injuries. And then I thought Buffalo was coming in hot. Daquan Jones was back and they were playing really strong in the secondary too. They were pretty hot on, on defense more than offense um, the last half of the season. So I really liked that spot from, uh, for yep. Buffalo. How was the weekend after they, after you got the money? Did you blow anything? And, and what, are you, what are your plans with the money? <laughs> About a minute left here. Uh, yeah. Um, so the only thing we have planned right now is we, we want to take a spring break trip with the kids. Um, so we're eyeing up a nice uh, Hawaiian spring break and get out of the Minnesota winter nice. tundra. Yep. Um, other than that, um, we'll take care of the kids' college fund and then uh, invest the rest, maybe a, a northern Minnesota lakefront property in the, the next uh, few years. Oh, beautiful. Okay, that'd be a good way. In in the final seconds that we have here, do you like anything for the divisional round coming up? Oh, I'll be honest. After the contest, I've not even looked at a line. I don't even know what uh, the Detroit minus six seems a little hot. Um, okay. So you know if that if that um, creeps up anymore, you got to take Tampa Bay plus the six. Totally fair. I get it. By the way, he's on X. You can follow him at Maddie Saint. Congratulations again, man. That was awesome. Great uh, job today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. Yep. Good job. Great there to you meet go. you. Matt St. Marie. He won Circa Millions here all by himself. First time he ever entered the contest. Up next, could Tomlin be gone? That's next here on VEASAN. DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VEGAS. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VEGAS, the crown is yours. So we had a doubleheader NFL action on Saturday, Sunday, and on Monday. And, of course, the Bills-Steelers game was moved back to yesterday because of uh, the inclement weather and that, uh, I don't even know what you, what you want to call it. It looked like a blizzard combined with an avalanche in Buffalo on Sunday. So the game was not played in that on that day. Most books action was still live and open. Uh, a couple books maybe voided tickets, so it was a refund and what you bet. But So that went from people being on the Steelers and movement on taking the 10 to a big move on the under with one offshore book opening up 44 and a half. And it was around 33 before Sunday and the game was moved. And then it went, of course, Bill's covering and the over. So people who laid the 10 got there and over 39 and a half also got there. I look back at that game and I know that uh, there was some controversy on that fumble with Fryermuth and whether or not it hit off his helmet, was he out of bounds or not. But how about the Pickens fumble to give the Bills great field position? Yep. And then the INT in the end zone. If you watch that drive closely, Elam, the cornerback for the Bills, was getting absolutely torched on that drive. And then he's in the end zone. That was a 
that was an accidental INT because the guy hasn't beaten the end zone. He turns around like this. He's like, oh, there's the ball. Puts his hands out, and it hits his hands, and he catches, holds onto the ball somehow yep. to secure the INT. No way that should have happened. Yep. And so they eventually, you know, it was, a, it was a comfortable lead throughout much of that game, but should they have covered the, 31, the 131-17? I'm not so sure. Yeah, well, at the end, it was tough because the back door's wide open. Now you get the gift where Bass, you ever see a guy miss that bad on a short field goal? It wasn't even mm. close. So he misses that, and then I guess you could say the Bills are going to run him out, and then you get the blocked field goal, right. which set up the touchdown as well, and then the punter got hurt on the play too, the holder. But I also felt Pittsburgh got a tough whistle with some of the stuff. But I thought the Fryermuth call was horrendous. That is a clear recovery by Buffalo. Then there is no explanation afterwards. And then Sterator said, yeah, but he hit his helmet. But it's, you can't – Sterator said you can't then say that after the fact once you go to replay. That's what Sterator said. That's not so, a reviewable part of the play? That's what, that's what he said, yeah. Because his body is touching on that's what bounds. Nance said. Right, his helmet his hel- bounces the off ball the helmet. His helmet. But Sterator said after the fact you can't do that. I thought that was, a, in any event, I thought it was a clear recovery by Buffalo. And then you just come on, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's Pittsburgh ball. And no explanation. Which, on, because they blew the call on the Pickens play, which was an obvious fumble, McDermott has to challenge that. Right. Then he loses. He's out of challenges in the second quarter. That's right. The potential ramifications. Mm. Also, it, for Pittsburgh's sake... Weird, Get, you, get worn the ball oh, more. Yeah, absolutely. Run the ball. Both teams. Both teams need to run the ball more. Uh, Buffalo is too pass happy. And I, again, we talked about the design runs and what they should do from Allen. But Warren was averaging five yards a carry, and they were too pass happy. And then the drive at the end was a joke. I mean, come on. Rudolph, throw the ball in the end zone. Mm. You're down two scores with less than two minutes, and you're out of timeout. Scrambling mm. or throwing a five-yard pass is exactly what they want you to do. I'll tell you. So here's what happened. And I had a breakdown of uh, why I thought it was a really good bet on Josh Allen over rushing attempts at eight and a half. Now, I, I had this breakdown all ready to go last week, and the number wasn't up yet. I'm driving in town, and I consider myself, you know, somewhat of a safe driver, unlike Pauly. Um, I'm at a red light, and I'm looking for the for the uh, props, and it finally pops. It's seven and a half minus one twenty-five. But rather than texting and betting, never a good idea. How many places have this with in-play props? Attempt, like you two, talked about. Probably here, here in yeah, town, too. Yeah, okay. But this, this, this is like Tuesday before the game. This is yeah, last right, week, right? Gotcha, right, right. right. So in terms of the in-play overall, I think maybe two will have it here in Las Vegas. Outside of Las Vegas, I have no idea. Um, probably a lot. So by the time I get home, the number went from 7.5 minus 125 to 8.5 over even money. The last time I looked, it was minus, that could have closed maybe higher than $2 yesterday. It was minus 160 like two days before the game. And I actually liked it a lot more because of the weather. But I'm still going to go. And then during the game, what had to happen, he does the fake slide. How about that now? Again, the NFL rules. Oh, you're trapped. You're trapped after yesterday. A quarterback does the fake slide. The defenders give up. And then he takes off for a 52-yard touchdown. And then later on in the game, he's running a late slide. And by, at that time, Miles Jack's already halfway in the air. I'm already you, in you, the you air. You can't change your body position. I know. I know. It's impossible. You can't throw that flag, NFL. Think. Use your brains. It's the dumb. They never do. 
it just it bothers me so much. Anyway, that combined. Well, the, uh, hold on. The worst yeah. is when the receiver's going over the middle, and then he'll I'm coming up to hit him, yeah, and yeah. then he'll duck down at the right, last right, second. Right, yeah. It's like I'm not I'm not aiming there. He, You're he not, moved. These are not magicians we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So then Shakir's touchdown where he breaks 11 tackles. Maybe there's another oh, another run coming, and then they can't. There's this penalty after penalty on the final Steelers drive. The the Bills were called for a 15-yarder roughing the pass, so that kept it alive, and then Maddox refusing it. Anyway, so that's why we lost the bet, and it sucks, and it stings, and I'm bitter about it, but what are you going to do? Uh-huh. Move on, find the next maybe prop bet that uh, you like even yep. more. Yep. And it was great if he had the over. How that, how that turned out, and Buffalo had no problems moving the ball. And that's, again, going back to what does T.J. Watt mean to that team? Oh. One and eleven now straight up without him and given up that it was twenty six points per game they were given up and they give up right. thirty one. So the other and, and Mike Florio was the first guy to bring this up about what happens with Tomlin's future now and yeah. that was before the game. So they lose. Tomlin has one year left. They're not going to fire him. It's it's a great organization. They're not going to do that and we know his his resume. But here was the the reporter after the game about. Just bringing up, hey, there's one year left on your contract. What are you thinking? And here's Mike, you have a year left on your contract. He walks right off the stage uh, on the dais and walks away from the podium. That's it. It's like, come on. Do you understand what we have to do here? We're all teammates. We're in the media. I'm a reporter. It's what everyone's talking about. You know the question's coming, Mike. Yeah. And he just exits stage left. I'll never forget Roy Williams after losing to Syracuse. Bonnie Bernstein. Bonnie Bernstein. What do you think about the Kansas job? I don't give a bleep on national TV about the Kansas job. Yeah? Or the North Carolina job. North, yeah. And he left, like, later on that week or whatever it was. To take Nick the Saban. Gig. Nick Saban. I yeah, guess yeah. I'm going to have to say it. I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama sure. yeah. a week later. Yeah, there you go. But, so it's, it's coming. So what do you make of that then, him storming off? I, I need the, I need the tea. I need to talk to someone connected about are there any issues there? Are there any problems? That's just to me. That's a weird response and attitude to have and just walk away and not even address it because you know that question's coming. Well, I'm also like, does does he decide I'm I'm going? Here would be a I don't know. Uh, people might laugh at me. I, this could be another landing spot for be. Belichick. Yeah. Or Vrabel or the big three. I will compare myself to Mike Tomlin here for a second. Yeah. As you just heard, I'm still bitter about losing that bet. He was probably in the moment very bitter about losing to the Bills right after the game was over with. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yeah, I know it was coming, but I, this is, I don't want to answer. I'm coming back. We just got beat. This stinks. Our season's over with. To me, it was a great season, though. They weren't a good team. Yeah, agreed. It, 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 was, a, it was a dog and pony show. The whole Every game they're out, game they win. I, I think the bigger question also, well, not bigger, because Tomlin's a great coach. Good coach. Uh, complicated legacy. Take a timeout before the half there, Mike. You yeah, got three right. of them. But uh, in any event, what do you do at quarterback? Kenny Pickett cannot play. I would actually. He said he's made 24 starts and has a multi, thrown multiple touchdowns in one game. Yeah. Well, more on this coming up at the top of the hour because one draft pundit threw out a possible pick for Justin Fields, which is, <laughs> if this were to happen, I mean, it's one of the most outrageous things I've ever heard in my entire life. Should the Steelers be in the market for Justin Fields? I say yes. I think that's a good fit. So do I. I like it. Can Pickett play? Is he the answer? Have you seen I, enough? Two years in, no. I, I mean, don't think it, he can no, play. If we say this about Bryce Young after one year, Kenny Pickett, really, what has he shown well, in two years? It's Well, look how better look how the better the offense was and, and what the passing game looked no. like, specifically Pickens once Rudolph came. And am I wrong on this, Paulie, but Pickens, Johnson, Friermuth? Oh, yeah. Um, 
the backfield that oh, they yeah. have, they yeah. don't have weapons. No more Canada issues. He's gone. Absolutely. I think they're pretty good. I think they're kind of set on offense, right. actually. Now, they made a mistake yesterday. They should have needed more. They needed to run the ball more, especially with what you just mentioned. Yeah. Warren's averaging five yards a carry. Well, he's, Come on, he's, more he's, touches here. Yeah, Come on. That, that guy has to get the ball more. I mean, Harris can, has his moments as well, but like Jalen Warren's ready to pop every time he touches the ball. Yeah. So um, let's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We will play you that audio coming up next about this. Uh, again, it was thrown out there about a p- possible trade partner for the Chicago Bears and uh, maybe landing Justin Fields. And we'll get into more of a recap of what took place, tying that into the divisional numbers that we have coming up this weekend here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 